0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, lift your hands one more time. Give the Lord a great shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We do bless you, Lord. And we invite you to manifest yourself in our presence in any manner that you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated. Praise God. Thank you for being here this morning and all of you that were in the first service. It's not often that I do both services on Sunday morning, but I was inspired by the Holy Spirit to do so today in preparation for our special service next Sunday. And so uh, I just want to reiterate a few things that I said in the first service, not cover all of it, uh, so that we can finish up in what I intended to Cover just didn't have time to get it all in, but I just want to make these few remarks before we turn to the scripture. Uh, Carolyn and I just returned from our annual uh, vacation in Honolulu, and uh, while I was there, getting up every morning and going on my routine walk that I've done for years over there, uh, I spend that time praying in the spirit just listening to the Holy Spirit and uh, take a notebook with me and write down things that he says to me. And then I come back to the room and Carol and I usually from that point go to breakfast and begin our our day there. We love Hawaii and uh, I do intend to be governor of the Hawaiian Islands during the millennium. So if you've never been there, I invite you to come. Praise God. I'll show you a good time. Amen. And um, so this year, Before going to Hawaii on the 26th, we usually leave on Christmas Day, but we didn't leave until the 26th, I got a phone call from Brother Copeland, and he said, "Uh, Jerry, a number of years ago, I recognized this new anointing, a new office that you had stepped into, and I mentioned it at the Believers' Convention in Fort Worth. He said, but I never actually laid my hands on you and officially set you apart in that office, just like Kenneth Hagin had done him many years before. And he said, uh, I was praying and the Lord told me to do that this year, this coming year, 2020, because it's very important to where God has taken you, very important to the anointing that's on your life and, and your future. I said, well, I'd be honored for you to do that. And so he said, well, let's plan on it During 2020 So On my daily walk I had that on my mind And uh, I was impressed with the Lord To listen And I listened to him quite frequently Kenneth Hagin And I was listening uh, As I walked Every morning To a particular message that Brother Hagin did a number of years ago Talking about the Holy Spirit And the gifts of the Spirit And I would listen to it and come back. And then the next morning I'd listen to it again. I listened to it several times and brother Hagan said some things on there. And even though I'd heard the message many times before, there were some things I heard that I don't remember hearing him say that, but it got my attention. And it's particularly dealing with the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And brother Hagan said that, uh, the Lord had told him to begin to uh, call those two gifts of the Spirit the Spirit of seeing and knowing. Seeing and knowing. That's what the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, also the word of, or, or the gift of discerning of spirits, is all about. Knowing and seeing. Seeing things in the Spirit, knowing things in the Spirit. And so I knew that related to what Brother Copeland was talking to me about. Years ago, Uh, he said to me in a believer's convention right here in Fort Worth that God has moved you into a new dimension of ministry, into the office of the seer. And you'll begin to see things in the Spirit. You'll begin to know things in the Spirit. And then God will hold you responsible for sharing them with the body of Christ everywhere that he sends you. And then later uh, that same year, Brother Hagin prophesied over me, ladies' hands on me, and said basically the same thing. And then shortly after that, Orr Roberts did almost the same thing, uh, just a little bit different wording, but they all saw it around the same time, within just a couple of months of each other, and those were my three mentors. And when they saw it and when they said it publicly, then that's, began, that's when I began to recognize it and pursue it more so than I'd ever done before. So that's how the prophetic word comes to me every year. This year, 2020, in 2020, I will open a new door and cause supernatural increase to come into your life as never before. Now, I didn't sit around and just think that up. I didn't sit around and just make that up. I don't try to come up with something clever every year. Most of the time when the Lord uh, gives me prophetic words, it comes out in rhyme form, and I've never been good at doing rhymes, you know, uh, roses are red, violets are blue, that's all I know, and I hope you do too. So anyway, (laughs) that's about as far as I ever got in rhymes, you know, but the Spirit of God would, would in the early days, uh, when I hadn't been too old in the Lord, He began to give me words, that rhymed, and once again, I couldn't. I couldn't sit down and just rhyme words, but it would come by the Spirit of God. And so, with that in mind, uh, the Lord impressed upon me to do this service in advance of next Sunday service, when we are going to establish our point of contact Amen. for supernatural increase. Amen. Amen. How many of you could stand some supernatural increase? <clears throat> And so next Sunday morning, we're going to talk about the importance of the point of contact. And then we're going to do what the Lord instructed me to do. And I believe, praise God, that some of you are going to begin to experience supernatural increase immediately. Some a little ways down the road. Some even further than that. But all of you that will dare receive this and mix your faith with it. By the end of this year, you're going to look back and say, wow, I did experience supernatural increase. So why don't we go ahead and say, Lord, I receive it now. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm receiving it. How about you? Amen. Now, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The Apostle Paul speaking and writing by the Spirit of God. The Bible says all scriptures given by God. It's all inspired by God. So we know that what Paul is saying is not just saying from a natural human standpoint. He got it from the Holy Spirit. And it was not only good for the church at Corinth, but it's good for us today. Praise God. Verse one, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. The message translation says, I want you to be informed and knowledgeable about these nine gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not going to take the time to to talk about each and every one of them, nor am I going to preach on each and every one of them. But I encourage you, if you've never studied them, do so. And if you don't know where to go to get some good material, Kenneth Hagin has some outstanding material that he produced years ago. Uh, Lester Summerall has some outstanding material that he produced many years ago. And you can go and get it, not only in book form, but you can watch it on YouTube. Just put in their ministry name or their name and it'll come up and you can, you can listen to it. It's, it's great, great studies. And so notice he said, we are not to be ignorant. We are to be informed and knowledgeable. I remember back in the early days, uh, shortly after I'd come to the Lord in 69, I began reading this chapter on the gifts of the Spirit, and there was a a desire uh, on the inside of me to know more about them and to be used by God in them. And I didn't know a whole lot about it. And uh, so I would listen to men like Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland talk about it, I would be in meetings where Kenneth Copeland would flow in, in one or more of the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, I'd hear Kenneth Hagan talking about it and so forth. And I remember, Carol and I, before we actually moved to Fort Worth, we came over to be in a service or a meeting with Brother Copeland, and he was preaching at Grace Temple, pastored by Harold Nichols. And this was back in seventy seventy one, somewhere along in there. And uh, we were in a morning service. And Brother Copeland was teaching on the subject of faith. And after the service, he asked us if we'd like to go to lunch with he and Gloria. And we were so honored. We didn't know them real well back then, but, but we were so honored that they'd invite us to go to lunch. And uh, at first I, I told him, you know, I, I, I said, well, because uh, I didn't have any money. <laughs> And I didn't know if he was buying, you know. And so I kind of hesitated a little bit. And uh, I said, well, uh, we'll just wait here for the afternoon service. No, come on, go to lunch with us. I'm buying. I thought, that's God. Hallelujah. (laughs) The word of knowledge is already working. Hallelujah. He picked it up in the spirit, you know. And so we went to El Chico's on Berry Street. And uh, we had Mexican food. I'll never forget it. After he was over with, he said, um, are you coming back to the afternoon service? Yes. He said, well, after the afternoon service, won't you come home with us? And, uh, boy, we were so honored. We were just, you know, I was, I was new in all this. And this is the man that brought the message that changed my life. And now I'm going home with Kenneth Copeland. It, it might as well have been Moses inviting me to come home, you know. <laughs> And so we're going home with Kenneth Copeland and he had an evening service that night. He said, now he showed us around the house and and said, now anything you want, just go to the refrigerator and get it. And he said, and here's my study. If you want to sit in here and and study or pray or whatever, he said, but I'm going to my bedroom and pray and get prepared for the service tonight. And then uh, when I'm done, we'll come out and we'll all go to the service together. I said, great. So, I went into his study. I sat behind his desk. He had this big study Bible open, and he had wide margins where he's putting all of his notes, and the things the Lord had given him while he was studying. And I'm reading those notes. And I thought, wow, I wish I'd have known that, you know. And, uh, of course, this is way before cell phones and cameras, and I couldn't take a picture of it, you know. But, but I'd say, I have the mind of Christ. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. I'm going to remember that too, you know. Well, eventually, he sent me that Bible and gave that to me. It was one of those big ones, you know. I mean, it was that thick. I still have it to this day in my archive. When I got that Bible in the mail, I carried it to church like I had the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Anybody want to know anything, I just flip over to Kenneth Copeland's notes, and they thought I was brilliant, you know, and I just reading his notes, you know. And so anyway, uh, I didn't expect him to come in there where I was. But in a little while, he came in and he said, the Lord impressed upon me to come and talk to you and let you ask some questions that you've had on your heart. I said, well, Brother Copeland, I, I, I'm interested in the gifts of the spirit. Uh, how do you get to the place where God will use you in the gifts of the spirit? I see God using you in them, and Brother Hagin in them. And uh, wh- What do you have to do to get God to use you in the gifts of the spirit? So he was very kind, and he just shared with me, explained to me, went through them very nicely, and, oh, man, it was such a, a, a valuable opportunity, you know? So then we go to the service that night, and Brother Copeland's preaching along there, and then he just stopped. He said, Jerry, stand up. I didn't have a clue what he was going to do. He said, prophesy. Whoa. I said, No. <laughs> He said, "the The word of the Lord's come to you. Get up and give it." I said, "No." He said, "Come up here." I walked up there with next to him. He put his arm around me, you know, and he introduced me to the church that he was preaching to, you know, the people. And he said, "Now this is Jerry Savell, and he, he's recently surrendered his life to the ministry, and and God wants to use him, and we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit today." And 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 God wants to use him tonight. And, I said, and he said, now go ahead, Jerry. You have the word of the Lord. Go ahead and speak it out. And I looked at him, I said, no. <laughs> he said, why not? I said, I'm afraid I'll say something wrong. He said, well, then just join the club. We've all missed it a time or two. And he said, now I'm going to go ahead and give it. Because I know what the Lord wanted you to say. But anytime you want to interrupt me and continue it, you just take off. Well, he opened his mouth and I knew every word he was saying and I knew what was coming next. But I wouldn't open my mouth. I wouldn't say it. I was, I was too afraid that I might make a mistake. And then he taught me this. The worst mistake you can ever make is be afraid of making a mistake. We're all human we can miss it. So I determined shortly after that, that when God would want to use me that way, I was not going to hesitate. Even if I made a mistake, then, you know, I just joined the club. Everybody's made mistakes, but I don't do it that often. I'm not talking about making a mistake. (laughs) I don't, I don't speak forth that often, particularly in this church with a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. And it's really because of familiarity. Um, You know, I don't know everybody in here. Even though I'm the founder of the church, I don't know everybody in here. In fact, every time I do get to come and speak, and it's usually only eight or ten times a year, you know, uh, I look around and I think, where'd all these people come from? And where'd all them others go that used to be here, you know? Justin and Annette, they they know the people. You know, they're they're your pastors. They know you better than I do. And sometimes, you know, when I go to places to preach, the pastor wants to tell me things about people in his church. And then if the Lord wanted me to minister to them, and I'd say, stand up, uh, the Lord wants me to say this to you, they'd say, well, pastor talked to you about that before the service. Well, I'd be very hesitant to say anything because I already knew in the natural something they were going through. So normally if a pastor wants to talk to me before the service, i say, I'll be happy to talk to you, but don't tell me anything about the people. Don't tell me anything about this church because I want to hear it from the spirit of God. Yeah. It's like uh, one time I was, I was home and it was a, it was a Saturday morning. and I got a call from a man out in California. And he had, he had a tremendous church. It was one of the pioneers in the early days of this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Great church. This pastor known all over the world. And I get a call from him. I don't even know how he got my number. And he said, I need you. I said, sir. He said, I need you in my church. I said, well, why do you need me? He said, I just was praying, and God told me that you were the man to come to my church and help me. Can you come? I said, When do you want me? He said, Tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. This was Saturday morning. I said, Well, sir, I I, I suppose I could be there. And he started to tell me something. I said, Don't tell me anything. I said, You wait and hear me preach. And then you tell me if I heard from God. I don't want to know anything about anything or anybody. You wait and I'll be praying about what God wants me to say. And then you tell me afterwards if I was on target. Well, he agreed. Boy, he wanted to tell me when I walked in his office. He he wanted to dump on me, you know, everything that's going on. I said, don't do it. Don't tell me. You wait until after the service. And I was a little, you know... This man had been in the ministry longer than I was old at that time. Who am I to talk to this man this way? But I knew if, if, if he knew that I knew because he told me, then it wouldn't have the impact. Okay. So I said, don't tell me, sir, anything about it. And also the Lord had told me to take $10,000 with me to put in the church. So I went to the office before I flew to California, got a check for $10,000 and took it out there. And then I I spoke and ministered and he and his wife, they were just about to come undone on the front row. I mean, they were just amazed. And uh, come to find out this church was about to go down the tubes financially. And, And this church had been around for a long, long time. Not only that, there'd been some stuff going on in the church and God revealed it to me. I talked about it and they said, man, you were so on target today. It was as if we sat down and told you word for word, everything we're going through. Said, we can't thank you enough for listening to God. And at that point, it saved the church. And he told me years later, if you had, never, if you had not been there that day, I don't know where we'd be today. And uh, it, it was a, 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 a wonderful thing to know that you'd heard from God. You'd seen in the spirit and you knew what the Lord wanted you to do. Amen. Seeing and knowing is a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. And so God had used me that way many times. In fact, Joe's traveled with me for over 38 years. Tony travels with me quite often. And they can tell you that in most of the meetings that I do outside of this church, those gifts operate in me uh, many, many times. Not in every service, but most services. And a lot of times I get it in my prayer time before I ever go into the meeting. Sometimes I'll, I'll see it like somebody had set up a, a monitor in my room. And I'll see the whole service in the spirit. And I'll just go out in the service and reenact what I saw myself doing in the spirit. Amen. And And, and ministering to people the way I saw it in the spirit. You know, Tony and I were uh, up in the central part of the United States not too long ago. And, and the Lord said to me during my prayer time, he said, the anointing God's going to be so strong in your right hand tonight, uh, uh, you, you don't fail to lay hands on people. And the whole time I preached, Tony said, my right hand was out like this, just shaking. I mean, the Spirit of God was on me. The anointing was on me. And when we started ministering, hallelujah. Did we have a wonderful service? Amen. Now, I don't always flow in it here. And once again, because of the familiarity, are you thinking that Justin told me in advance? I don't talk to Justin about these services. I don't talk to Justin about anybody in here. Every once in a while, I might say, I hadn't seen, the last time I was there, I didn't see so-and-so. Are they still coming to the church? That that may be as far as our conversation about what goes on, you know, with you guys goes. So Justin doesn't say, well, J- Brother Jerry, uh, so-and-so is having this problem, so-and-so is having this problem. And, and and then I stand up and say, uh, the Lord just told me that so-and-so is having this problem. No, that'd be out of the natural. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. If God wants me to do it, then he'll tell me. Right. Hallelujah. And I can either obey or disobey. Amen. Amen. Are you still here? So this has everything to do with the prophetic word that I share with you each year. It's a result of the anointing and the offices of ministry that I function in, and particularly the office of prophet and apostle. I don't say that very often. I don't I don't go into churches and I I've been in 3500 different churches in America alone. And I've never asked the pastor introduce me as Jerry Seville the prophet and the apostle. I've never said that not one time. Many of them know, you know, and 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 they might uh, say something to me about it, you know, in their office or something, but I don't go out you know, thinking I'm somebody. I'm Jerry Saville. What you see is what you get. Amen. I don't even like wearing this stupid makeup. <laughs> I got a pimple. You could see it. Hallelujah. I got blemishes and I don't care if you see them or not, you know, but TV. You know, so they want me to wear makeup. Like Brother Copeland's mother, Vanetta Ven- Copeland, she walked in the dressing room one day and they were putting makeup on me. And you'd have to know Vanetta. She'd say, you old reprobate wearing that makeup. I said, Vanetta Copeland, I didn't start wearing makeup till I started running around with your son. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So once again, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. So this is something that you should be studying. Not only that, Paul makes it very clear that anybody in the body of Christ can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. You don't have to be one of the fivefold offices of ministry. Amen. You can be just a layperson. You can be a housewife. You could be a mechanic. You could you could be an accountant. Uh, from time to time, God will use whomever, yes. Yes. but it's at His will. Yes. Amen. It's at His will, and and we don't try to make something happen, and we don't try to make us ourselves look like we're more important than we really are. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. 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 It says. He wills. Look at your neighbor say, it's as the, as the Holy Spirit wills. Amen. And then I want you to drop down to verse 7. And notice, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. So that tells us that anybody in the body of Christ can be used by the Holy Spirit in the nine gifts of the Spirit. But it's as the Spirit wills. Then verse 8 says, For to one is given the Spirit, uh, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of knowledge, to another the word, I'm still messing it up. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So notice, they both are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And once again, anyone can be used in them. But these two gifts in particular are very prevalent in the offices of the prophet and the apostle. You studied your Bible, particularly the book of Acts, you'll see that there were in Antioch in those days, both teachers and prophets and apostles and so forth. And the apostle Paul was referred to as a as an apostle and a prophet. Uh, these, these ministry gifts of the Spirit are prevalent, particularly in the office of the prophet and the apostle. So they should be prevalent in my ministry because that's what I'm called to. Now, I heard Brother Hagan say this time, and I don't remember ever hearing him say it before, even though it was on the tape, it was on the recording. Apparently I got preoccupied and didn't hear him say it at that time when I listened to it years ago. I was probably in the meeting when he said it. But he said, it's it's not uncommon that God will use certain ministers in every office of the ministry. And I thought, that's exactly what the Lord's done with me. I started out as a street evangelist, and then when I moved here to go to work with Brother Copeland, the office of the teacher was added to my ministry. Brother Copeland started having me teach all of the morning services, and I love teaching. That was my favorite thing. Man, I mean, if God had just left me as a teacher, I'd been satisfied. I love teaching. And and then he he added pastor. This is not the first church we've pastored. We pastored another church and founded another church back in the 70s, early 70s, called Overcoming Faith Center right here in Fort Worth and pastored it for a number of years and then merged it with Grace Temple so that I could go out to the world. God was opening the nations to my ministry and I couldn't pastor and be here every Sunday and go to the world like God wanted me to. So eventually uh, I began to travel the world and 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 over a period of time, I've been in 46 different nations and then God began to add to my Ministry, the office of the prophet, and the office of the apostle. Now, the apostle is one, and we'll talk about this sometime later. But the apostle uh, is anointed to establish works, just like establishing this church. The, the apostolic anointing on my life is why this church is here. It started with Carolyn. I was preaching in South Africa. And I was on my way home. And as soon as I got home, walked in the door, Carolyn said, I had a visitation of the Lord while you were gone. I said, well, what did he say? She said, he told us to establish a church right here in Crowley, that there are a lot of hurting people, and that he wants us to love them for him through this church. Well, I was not looking to start a church. I already had plenty to do. Why didn't he tell Carolyn to start it? She got the word, but no. So I became the pastor, and I pastored this church for quite some time. And uh, and 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 then you know my, my demand on me for international ministry. I mean, I, I can't do both. I can't be here every Sunday and. And go to the world like I do. And so eventually, you know, that's that's how Justin and Annette have become the pastors of the church. Okay? And they're doing a great job. Amen. 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 But that's, that's uh, I've had the privilege of functioning in every office. Now, I'm not braggadocious about that. I'm not trying to make me look like something. I'm still just Jerry Savelle but I know my calling. I don't want to be anybody else. I'm happy being me. I don't want anybody else's anointing. I like the one I've got or the anointings I function with. I'm happy. As Stuart says, after we have a good meal, I'm a happy man. (laughs) Amen. I'm a happy man. And I haven't asked to do any of this it's God. It's by, it's by his choice. God plants people in the body of Christ. Amen. God sets people in the body of Christ. Amen. So notice these two gifts in particular in verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And notice once again. They are what is referred to, commonly referred to as revelation gifts. Because if you had a word of wisdom for someone, it'd have to come by revelation of the Holy Spirit. If you had a word of knowledge for someone, it'd have to come by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, there, there are people I minister to from time to time, different people. And I don't know a thing about them in the natural. It may be the first time I've ever met them. But, but I know in my spirit, by revelation... That God wants me to say this to them. Or God wants me to minister to them in a certain way. That's the reason they're called revelation gifts. Amen? Revelation gifts. Now, once again, they can function in anybody in the body of Christ. But the office of the prophet and the apostle, they are a must. Amen? Amen. So, Brother Hagin said in one of his Holy Ghost meetings before he went home to be with the Lord, that... The Lord had shown him that these two gifts in particular, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, would be in greater manifestation as we continue to grow closer to the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So I've held on to that all these years, and I've heard the Lord say during my vacation time, it's time for you to go to another level in this. Amen. Uh, Familiarity in this church is out the door now. Okay? Amen. Praise God. I'm going to flow in it whether I know anything in the natural or not. But I hope to get it by the Spirit of God. Because it's beneficial to you. Hallelujah. It's encouraging. In fact, let me read something that, that I read uh, while I was on my vacation time. Uh, a gentleman that I, I read the book by. And he said this, True prophets are seers into the spirit realm. They then become a mouthpiece for God in speaking forth what they've seen in the spirit. They verbalize what they've seen and speak it out by direction or by direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The prophetic word in most cases is designed by God to direct, to build up, to encourage, to strengthen to stimulate, and to admonish his people to pursue his best for their lives. Amen. Amen. This is why the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to pray in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. I pray that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. In other words, so that you will know things. Not only know them, but know them in advance. Hallelujah. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead and guide you into all truth and he will show you things to come. It shouldn't be strange to us that God reveals to people things to come. Amen. Things to come. Hallelujah. I like to be an insider. How about you? I don't want to be the last person on the planet to find out what God's up to. I want to be an insider. I want to be one of the James and Johns and like in the ministry of Jesus, you know, Peter, James and John seem to be insiders. Hallelujah. That's, that's the kind of person I want to be. I want, I want God to feel like he can't do anything without talking to me first. (laughs) Amen. I mean, didn't that what he said to, to, to Abraham? He said, uh, when he was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, I can't do this until I talk to my yeah. my friend, Abraham. Yeah. He wanted Abraham to know in advance yeah. what he was about to do. Yeah. I want God to feel so comfortable with me that he says, well, I want to do something. But I believe I need to talk to Jerry Savelle about it first. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. 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 Lift your hands and say, or me? Oh. Amen. So it shouldn't be strange to us that God would show us things to come. Can you say amen? amen. And this, this uh, particularly involves the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Amen. <clears throat> so both of these gifts have to do with the past, the present, and future events. Now, that's the reason I felt it was important that I have this service ahead of next Sunday service Because this service, we're talking about how important the spirit of seeing and knowing is. Amen. Amen. That it would have a greater impact on the prophetic word than you just walking out of here and saying, well, wasn't that good? Then forget all about it. I wouldn't have given that to you if I didn't know it was God. And, and 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 even if I got it by the Holy Spirit, and He didn't tell me to share it with you, I would have lived by it all year. That that's what I am going to experience all year long, please God. But but by by the Spirit of God, through Brother Hagan through Brother Copeland, and Brother Roberts, they all said, "What He shows you and what you hear, He'll hold you responsible for showing it and teaching it to the body of Christ everywhere you go." So I just figured Heritage Faith Christian Center believers are part of the body of Christ. Amen. 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 Say, I'm part of the body of Christ. Christ. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Now, let's look at this. One commentary states that these two gifts in particular relate to strategies and insights which only God can give strategies and insights which only god can give now with that in mind let's go to first kings chapter 17 first kings chapter 17 i tell you what hold your place there and let's go to second kings first of all chapter 6 <clears throat> Look down at verse 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp." And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place. For thither the Syrians are come down. Now notice this prophet of God saw in the spirit what the Syrian army was about to do. And so God gave him a strategy by the word of knowledge to take to the king of Israel. And notice he said, don't go this way because uh, there's a trap there, so to speak. And then he goes on to say, And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once, not twice, nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, he thought he had a traitor in the camp. And this traitor was going to the king of Israel and letting him know in advance his plans. But it was the word of wisdom that came to the prophet of God. Amen, or the word of knowledge. And verse 12 says, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elijah, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in your bedchamber. Wow. Wow the king of syria is plotting against israel the king of israel and the spirit of god reveals to the prophet of god what he's saying in his bedchamber in secret in advance so the prophet tells the king of israel and they avoid you know this this thing that the king of syria was going to do what happened god gave a strategy the word of knowledge. Can you see that? The Lord told me, and I shared with you the last time I spoke here, what was it on December 12th or something like that, somewhere along in there. The last time I spoke here, that the Lord had shown me that in preparation for us to experience the supernatural increase that he wants to do, that we needed to establish a point of contact to release our faith. That was a strategy. A strategy. Amen. Now, if if you think, you know, oh, they're just trying to get more money, then stay home. (laughs) Keep your money. I'm not after your money. God takes good care of me. Takes good care of this ministry. I mean, I could do this on my own. Establish the point of contact on my own and, and, and experience supernatural increase and and hope you do but this was a strategy that God had given me in the spirit amen and so that's important for us to know as we come into next week's service it's because of the spirit of seeing and knowing hallelujah lift your hand and say I receive that in Jesus right. name. Now go to 1st King chapter 17. Once again, one commentary states that these two gifts relate to strategies and insights, which only God can give. And then it also says they are given to assist God's people in continuing to go in the right direction. That's why God would give us this word. Amen. Now this is quite lengthy and I'm not going to take the time to read it all. But I would encourage you to do so, even if you've already read it before. Read it again, that entire 17th chapter of 1st Kings. And it has to do with Elijah and God speaking to him and telling him to to go to a certain brook and uh, that God would cause the birds to sustain him while he was there. And so in obedience, Elijah went to that brook and the birds, the ravens, brought meat and flesh to him and he was sustained. But then the brook dried up and then it says, and the word of the Lord came to him and gave him a new strategy. Hallelujah. A new strategy so that the prophet could be sustained. He said, now I want you to go to Zarephath and there is a widow woman there and I have commanded her to sustain thee. However, when he got to Zarephath, he found the woman out gathering sticks and he spoke to her and she said, I'm gathering a few sticks so that my son and I can eat and die. She was preparing to die, but God told the prophet, she will sustain you. How can a dead woman sustain you? Oh, that's right. Come on. Right. And it's almost like Elijah, well, he did. He just ignored what she said. And he said, make me a little cake first. Aren't you glad CNN wasn't there? (laughs) Breaking news, prophet takes widow woman's last cake. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. But that was the strategy God gave him. He said, tell her to make you a little cake first. So she did. She went and did. That's right. Underline that phrase. She went and did. That's right. It's one thing to get a strategy, but you got to carry it out. That's right. She went and did. It's one thing for me to tell you that God told me to establish this point of contact, which we're going to talk about next Sunday. And you hear it, but you don't do it. So whose fault would it be that you don't enter in? Thank you for your enthusiasm. You can, you can see the story. You can see this illustrated in the story of Naaman the leper. When, when the, the Lord used this man to tell Naaman, well, the prophet told his servant to go tell Naaman, Naaman. The prophet wouldn't even come out and talk to him. He sent his servant and said, tell him to go jump in the river seven times. And when the servant told him that, he got mad. He got upset. Well, I thought surely the prophet would come out and, you know, and do the razzle dazzle thing and I'd be healed. But no, he sent his servant out and said, go jump in the river Jordan, dip yourself seven times. And when you come up, you'll be cleansed of the leprosy. Well, he walked off mad. That's not the way he wanted God to do it. And almost missed out on his blessing. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't want I don't want to do what Brother Jerry said. Well, that's between you and God. I'm just I'm just being obedient to the Lord. I have to stand before God for being obedient. Amen. And then finally, the, the, the servant said, well, if God had asked you to, or the, if the prophet had asked you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you do it? Well, just do this. What do you got to lose? Yeah, by I And he went and jumped in the river. And when he came up the seventh time, he was totally cleansed of the leper. Amen. Hallelujah. Of the leprosy, rather. Amen. Amen. He Amen. pays to obey God. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if the Lord had told me to tell you, go jump in Benbrook Lake seven times, and the seventh time you come up, you'd have supernatural increase. Well, I wonder how many people do that. Thank you for your confidence. If I didn't know the Lord told me to tell you that, I wouldn't even do it. stand on the shore and watch you. (laughs) But God didn't ask us to do something hard. Amen. Anybody can do this. Hallelujah. So notice here the, the operation of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, the spirit of seeing and knowing. Can you say amen? Seeing and knowing. So God is giving us a strategy. I remember uh, back in 1981 I was preaching to brother Copeland in Charlotte North Carolina. And I had a divine appearance of the Lord on Thursday afternoon of that meeting. And the Lord said to me, "My people are in financial famine, and I'm going to reveal to you the keys that will bring them out." And boy he did. And and I mean, that that room was filled with the Shekinah glory of God. Carolyn said, are you going to tell Brother Copeland about this? I said, no. He'll pick it up in the spirit. So we went over to the meeting, sat on the front row with the other speakers. And Brother Copeland got up to preach, and he couldn't preach. He just stopped and said, Jerry, come up here. The Lord visited you this afternoon. Come tell us what he said. And I went up there and told the people what the Lord said to me. We established our point of contact. I'm still getting testimonies to this day of the breakthroughs that people were having as a result of that message and that strategy. Hallelujah. Still. I mean, everywhere I go, particularly where I've preached it all over the world, people will say, Brother Jerry, you remember when you came here in back in the eighties and preached on this? I said, Oh yeah, I'll never forget that. Man, we had some of the greatest breakthroughs we've ever experienced. Hallelujah. Not only God gave me a word of knowledge, but also a strategy. Amen. A strategy. That's important. Uh, go with me to Second uh, Kings chapter seven for a moment. Second Kings chapter seven. <clears throat> Notice here in verse seven, and <clears throat> verse or chapter seven in verse one. Then Elijah said, "Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord." Now I think a lot of people perhaps might heed what I say if my name was Elijah Sebel, <laughs> but it's not. It's Jerry. Jerry Savelle. But I want to show you here, some people wouldn't even believe what Elijah said. Notice it says, "Elijah, Elijah said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Look at verse 2. Then a Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. Now notice this man questioned the prophet and said, I don't, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't believe that could happen. I mean, if God opened windows in heaven and poured it out, maybe it would happen, but not likely. And he wouldn't believe it. He wouldn't receive it. And the prophet said, oh, you're going to see it, but you're not going to partake of it. Amen? And you know the story. By the next day, I won't go into all that. You can read it yourself. But by the next day is exactly the way the prophet said it. You dropped down to verse 19. And the Lord answered the man of God and said, Now, behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. That man did not partake of the blessing that came. Because he wouldn't receive the prophetic word. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Jerry, I'm not going to experience supernatural increase if I don't believe what you say. Well, I don't want to put it that strong, but yeah. I'm not saying this by natural human knowledge. I'm saying this by the Holy Spirit. Supernatural increase beyond anything you've ever experienced before. I don't know about you, but I'm watching for that door. I'm looking for that door. Hallelujah. He didn't say doors, plural. In fact, I, I I asked him about I said, God, why don't you say doors? He said, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I'm looking for that one door. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that he couldn't open more and more doors, but one door, with God opening it, yes, yes. Woo, that would settle everything. Can you say amen? Yes. One door, praise God. So I'm looking for it. Amen. Now, I don't want to sound, you know, so stern and everything, but it's important that we mix our faith with the word preached. That's right. It's what the apostle Paul said. If you don't mix your word, mix your faith with the word priest, then it won't profit you. And I I don't want anybody to fail to receive supernatural increase. Hey, if you experience supernatural increase, praise God, in some way, possibly, this church might possibly benefit from it. (laughs) Amen. You could increase your tithes and offerings. You could build a building. You could send the missionaries around the world. I'm not against anybody in here experiencing supernatural increase. I want everybody in here to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Like that man uh, in Matt Hammond's church years ago where the Lord told me to lay hands on everybody in there. And I think there was probably over a 1,500 people in there. And he says, command supernatural increase to come on them. And I laid hands on every one of them. And sometime later, Mac Hammond gives me a call and said, Brother Jerry, you gotta hear this testimony. One of the men you laid hands on came into my office this week and holding up a check and said, Brother Mac, I got my supernatural increase. And it was a check for $12 million. Whoa. Amen. And then he held up another check and said, and here's my tithe. 1.2 million. 1.2 million. I said, Mag, do you mind sharing with me how that happened? He said, well, uh, his parents had bought some stock years ago. And over a period of time, they'd kind of forgotten about it and really assumed that it was worthless now. But after they passed away and he received his inheritance, he took that stock and found that it was worth $12 million. Wow. He cashed it in, praise God, and wrote the church a check for $1.2 million as his tithe. Now, most church members wouldn't have done that. The pastor would have got a postcard from the Bahamas with them on their yacht, saying, I got mine. Hope you get yours. Bye. But this is not like most churches. You would send the tithe. Hallelujah. Amen. I asked Mac. I asked Mac. I said, cover up the name. I don't want to know the name, but make a copy of that check for me. So I can see it. I have it in my office, in my library. And I put it up on the wall. And I said, someday I'm going to write a tithe check for $1.2 million. Amen. That's the reason I wanted it. I wanted to see what a $1.2 million check, tithe check looked like. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you take a check out of your book and write $1.2 million. You know, to heritage of faith or wherever, and just put it in your desk, in your bedroom somewhere, and pull it out. Don't go, don't bring it to the church if you don't have the money to cover it. We've received some of them before. What was that, Joe? A million-dollar check that guy gave us. A million-dollar check. Boy, we were excited. A million dollars. We're believing for somebody to write a check for a million dollars. Man, it came and then found out, I said, now, Job, you used to be a banker. Call that bank and ask for the president, see if it's good. He talked to the president. He said, well, this family could write checks for a million dollars all day long. But he said, they won't honor any of them that boy writes. He said, uh, this boy's got some mental problems. said, so, yeah, they got the money. They could write checks like this all day long. But we won't honor it because his parents told us not to. I said, Joe, hold on to that check. We're going to pray he gets in his right mind. <laughs> and I got, I got tickled. Norval Hayes. Anybody remember Norval Hayes? Norval Hayes told me that he walked up to the guy. Uh, the guy walked up to Norval and wrote him a check for a million. Uh, what's the Mexican currency? Peso, a million pesos. And Norval said, a million pesos? Where am I going to cash this? Well, it wasn't any good either. And then one day I preached on faith is like going upstream in a canoe. You're, you're going against the current. Living by faith is like going upstream in a canoe. The next morning, that guy comes in with a canoe on top of his head. <laughs> so needless to say, and not only that, he checked into a hotel here one time <laughs> and stayed for a couple of weeks and told the people that Jerry Savelle Ministries is covering the charge. <laughs> and they called Joe and said, have you got somebody here that you're taking care of the bill? No, we don't have anybody here. Well, this guy's been staying here for two weeks and you're covering the charge. <laughs> And I think Joe called his daddy and he said, put him on a bus and send him home, you know. But we still got that check. <laughs> he ever comes in, he's right mine. We cashing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. So notice here, the prophet gave the prophetic word and, and he gave it in a setting where it was impossible to be fulfilled. The, the enemy has cut off the supply lines. Amen. And, and, and the enemy is about to overtake these people. They're just waiting for them to starve out, get weak, and can't fight. And not even the rich in that city had anything to eat. And you remember these lepers. They are sitting there on the outside of the city because they're not allowed in the city. And one of them says, Why do we sit here until we die? If we're going to die, let's die on the move. And they all got up, started marching into the enemy's camp. And God caused their footsteps to sound like an entire army. And it frightened the enemy so that they just got up and left the camp, left all their food, left all their treasures, everything. And then the people of God gathered it all up. Within 24 hours, what the prophet said, had completely come to pass, but the one man who said, Ah, even if God opened windows in heaven and did that it it's impossible. don't doubt god's ability amen don't doubt god's ability. hallelujah So can you see from all these stories and and I didn't take the time to read them all, but I gave you the gist of the story. That in each one of them, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the, the spirit of seeing and knowing was in operation. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 23, he deals with false prophets and how that most of the time what they say doesn't come to pass. But then there's a verse there in verse 18 where it makes this statement about those that are truly called by God in that office. And it says, For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Now he's talking about The true prophet are those who operate in the office of the prophet. They stand in the counsel of the Lord. They perceive and they hear his word. They mark his word. In other words, they take it and run with it. They become a mouthpiece for God to speak it to his people. Amen. The Amplified says they observe and they give attention to it. They observe and give attention to it. So true prophets are seers into the spirit realm. They become a mouthpiece for God. They speak forth what they've seen in the spirit. And once again, they verbalize what they've seen and speak it out by direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The prophetic word, and I'm repeating myself, but I want you to hear this again. The prophetic word in most cases is designed by God to, to direct, to build up, to encourage, to strengthen, to stimulate, and to admonish his people to pursue his best for their lives. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Once again, in Ephesians chapter 1, where Paul prayed for the body of Christ, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation might, might come on them, the eyes of their understanding, the Amplified Bible says that he might give you insight into the mysteries and the secrets of God the mysteries and the secrets of God. Hallelujah. I like to say it this way. If you're in the know, you'll be in the flow. Say it with me. If I'm in the know, know. I'll I'll be in the flow. Hallelujah. All right. 2020, God will open a new door and will cause us to experience supernatural increase as never before. This is what I heard the Lord say on that flight to Australia. That's the word of the Lord that I'm to take all over the world this year. I'm believing to experience it. I'm believing for you to experience it. But what I personally do, as I mentioned to you last time I was here, that when I receive the prophetic word for that coming new year, one of the first things I do is I sow a seed toward the fulfillment of it. I sow a seed toward the fulfillment of it. That's my point of contact. And that's what I plan to do next Sunday. And that's what I ask you to pray about doing. Now, this is not the regular tithes and offerings. This is a special point of contact seed. And I want you to pray about what you should do. I know what I'm to do. In fact, I'll tell you this. For the ministry... I'm going to plant my first um, significant seed Wednesday night of this coming week. And Wednesday night of this coming week for the ministry, Heritage Faith, Jerichoville Ministries, I'm going to sow a significant seed, a large seed to pay the mortgage off on a church out in California. Amen. Why? Why? Because it's time for us to build our new auditorium. And it's going to take supernatural increase to do it. Because I don't borrow money. But one door. One door. Wow. One door that God will open for us can change everything. Now, I said in the first service, be sure. To be in the morning service, we'll have one service, but also that evening service, because in that evening service, I'm going to give you, as the founding pastor, the state of the union address, <laughs> the state of the ministry address. I'm going to tell you where we're headed and what we're going to do. Oh, it's exciting! I said, it is exciting. God, God's already working behind the scenes. So I don't want to miss, want you to miss that. Two of those, both of those services, they're very important. And if at all possible, I want to encourage you to be here. I'll finish it up with this. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm just giving you enough time for the Baptist to leave the cafeteria where you don't have to fight the line. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. It's like one woman said one time, "Will he preach so long? I'm gonna have to turn my roast into a burnt offering." <laughs> I've been known to do that. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Verse 20, the latter part of the verse. Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. I think it's very interesting that that verse is 2020. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, and so shall you prosper. That's 2020. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I believe in my God, and I will be established. I won't be shakable. I won't be moved. I'm believing the prophetic word that has come through the prophet of this service. That was a little weak. You got a little weak on me there. Through the prophet of this service. And your word declares if I believe it so shall I prosper. Prosperity supernatural increase is coming my way. Come on, it's coming my way. And stand up and give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You receive that? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands one more time. And just begin to praise Him in advance. Hallelujah. And please, by all means, be in prayer, if you haven't already, this week about your point of contact seed. Amen. Your point of contact seed. Amen. And come next Sunday expecting. Hallelujah. We've already seen from the word God can do it in 24 hours. If he doesn't do it in 24 hours, I will not waver. I'm going to stay in faith all the way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've delivered what you gave me and told me specifically to come here this Sunday and to share with these wonderful people. And now, Lord, we've laid the foundation. We are preparing ourselves to receive the prophetic word coming to pass in our lives. Supernatural increase beyond anything we've ever experienced before. In the name of Jesus, we'll keep it on our minds, we'll keep it on our lips, we'll keep it on our hearts, and we're expecting it. And we give you praise in advance for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Shake hands with two or three people. And tell him I can hardly wait for next Sunday. You can be dismissed.